1: Hello and welcome to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman, a retrospective look at the Halloween series as we hone in on the release date of Halloween, uh, our reboot sequel, uh, giving us once more the exploits of uh, The Shape. And uh, I am John Mills, and with me uh, once again is Matt Hansen. Matt, welcome back to Haddonfield.
0: I am so excited. Well... Let me preface that. I'm excited to be back here talking this podcast with you. I don't know how excited I am to be focusing on this film, but you know what? (laughs) I think we'll have a good time anyway. There's lots of stuff to break down. Oh, yes. uh, You know, it's, it's still Halloween and it's still the Halloween franchise and lots of exciting stuff is going on as we record this on September 20th. Yeah, uh, the movies just had its US premiere at Fantastic Fest and it had its premiere at Toronto International Film Festival. And by all accounts, from what I've been looking on Twitter, and I've been looking obsessively on Twitter, it's sure. been going over like gangbusters. So I am so excited for this new film.
1: Yeah, me too, me too. I'm also excited that we're here, as always, on the Nerd Party Network, uh, where we have a whole host of shows. We're doing this special series on filibuster about Halloween, but of course you can uh, come to the Nerd Party for Harry Potter, Doctor Who, Babylon 5, Star Trek, Star Wars, you name it, Nerd Party's got it. You can go to the nerdparty.com and find all of the shows listed there. You can subscribe to them all in Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes. And uh, we would love to welcome you to the fold. The nerd party is ever growing and ever evolving. So come on down. But I, you know what? I, I won't lie. I'm anxious to get to this one, Matt. Really? Halloween? I am because Halloween 5 is something where when I was younger was an exciting thing. It was, I remember the ads for it. That they were coming for Michael Myers, and this time they're going to be ready. They had the footage of the cops, and it was like, oh my gosh, it's a big showdown, and it's going to be
0: amazing. So,
1: and then we got you, this. Question
0: for you, John. Is this the first Halloween movie that you have active recall of the advertising, or what did you remember four?
1: I do not have a solid memory of four. I do have a memory of Halloween Five's advertising, because the advertising was specifically misleading. Yes, because they proposed an actual ending that didn't happen. And when you if you were to watch the ad now and oh, then I, watch and Halloween did. five. Yeah, did. right. And like you think there's going to be this big badass ending and there's going to be like gunfire. And it's like guns of the Navarone, Butch and Sundance. Everything's going crazy. And No. That until, doesn't happen at all.
0: Until you realize that the gunfire with the cops is reused footage from the end of Halloween 4. And then the, this is back in the age when trailers lied to you straight up. I'm thinking yeah. like, uh, you remember half of those like, the next generation movies, for like their teaser trailers, they would just reuse shots from the shows and from yes. other shows and yep. from previous movies. And <laughs> you never could tell yep. because we were all naive, but you go back and look at that it's like, they straight up use a shot out of Voyager. What the hell is that doing in this next generation <laughs> movie? Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Anything to uh, cut corners, right? So speaking of cutting corners, uh, let, let's let's just jump right into Halloween 5, which opens up in Halloween tradition with uh, the sequel picking up the same night as uh, what came before. Halloween 2 did it, and Halloween 5 does it.
0: And, well, really, it opens up on probably the most vicious jack-o'-lantern carving I've ever seen put to film.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, although a minor note of credit to them is that there was a feeling that they were trying to do something uh, jazzier, give it a little bit more energy uh, in the beginning uh, with, with the theme music and everything. I don't think that it works, but they were at least trying. So, Like, there's that part of me that's like, well, okay, we're, we're trying to freshen things up. I get it. Okay, all right, well, I'll work with you here, you know. Um, and then we see, a, a, you know, Michael gets shot all over again and go down the well, and as you mentioned last time, uh, they dropped dynamite down the well. I was gonna to... say
0: they, they they Back to the Future toed this opening. Where they, they they sure cause, did because that dynamite was nowhere to be found in Halloween at the end of Halloween Four. But lo and behold, there it is. But of course, uh, it is ineffective, and he gets washed away with the river.
1: Yes, uh, you, you you can't keep a good shape down, especially a good shape that gets picked up by some hermit. Okay, I was gonna say hobo, but hermit works for me too. Whatever, he's a hobo
0: hermit, and and for this over the next year between Halloween eighty eight and when this picks up, Halloween eighty nine, Michael lives in a coma with a hermit and his parakeet. Yes, whatever parrot.
1: Yes, a a hermit (laughs) who has thoughtfully uh, put his mask up on the wall. Yeah, like a coat. But very importantly, we see Michael's wrist and something that's. uh, That's going to pay off in Halloween 6. Pay off is
0: a very generous term.
1: (laughs) We see a strange tattoo that is a line. It looks like a teepee. Would that be fair? Looks like a teepee. Um, It's a vertical
0: line that has like a mountain looking thing. Right. Um, Yeah. Here we go with the Cult of Thorn. Of course, we don't know that in this movie, but Jesus Christ. Wait till we get to the fever dream of the next film.
1: Hey, you know, that we're going to we we will definitely get to Halloween 6, but this is our first hint and I have to at least give them credit that hey, you know, they were obviously planning for a future already uh when we get to Halloween 5. So, at the very least when we get to Halloween 6, they had intention here. Like we can already see them taking the step toward that. So, you can't it's not like the sister thing. We're like in Halloween six, they're like backfilling. You can tell that in Halloween five, they're setting up this idea that he is part of something bigger because, you know, that's your question. Where's this tattoo come from and how and how on earth did Loomis miss it all of these years? Yeah, I don't know.
0: that's That's the thing, right? Is like that. That was that was totally unknown until now. And I mean, yes, they were setting it up. But if you watch any of the behind the scenes material, they don't know what they were setting up. They were just like, "Oh, True. this this could be cool in the next film," but that's the next film's writer's problem. So, I mean, it's just cool imagery and um, a mysterious character that were introduced through halfway through this film and then at the climax. But no one has any plan. And I, I mean, after this film, I mean, weren't you waiting on Pins and Needles for six years to find out the thrilling conclusion to the end of this story?
1: Um, I wouldn't say pins and needles, but I would say that, uh, of course, you know, we then flash forward. Michael suddenly wakes up from his coma on October 30th. Cause why not? Um, and of course murders the guy that took care of him. Cause why not? Mm. And, uh, Very and, ungrateful. yeah, you know, I mean, come on, dude. He, he obviously fed you for, uh, for the last year and took care of you. I mean, Michael couldn't possibly have laid dormant there the whole time. Could he?
0: I guess that's what that's what it's implied. And I'm just like, so this guy kept this unconscious man in his little shack or little tent for a year and thought nothing of it.
1: And well, but at the same time, you know, you, you then beg the question of, you know, bodily functions on Michael Myers don't happen. Over this year, or I mean, something. At
0: the, at the same time, though, once we start getting into the the thorn the cult of thorn and all this mythical nonsense, I, I, I stop thinking of him as a person.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, he's the boogeyman. The boogeyman is real. Even in Halloween and Halloween two, you know, he takes how many shots to the body and stabs in the eye and right, the, shots in the eye and stuff. There's
0: something when you start introducing druid cults and supernaturalism that like even in yes in halloween and halloween 2 there's something uh, inhuman about him but i i can't really explain to you it, it he still feels quote unquote like a man i don't think sure. that makes sense here here it's like it's a he's almost like a spirit
1: yeah, you know, for some reason, him not being seen, okay, you know, like because in Halloween 4, he's been in a hospital the whole time, so it's like, okay, fine, they catheterized him, whatever, like that, you know, I can I can explain that away, but it's it's the being in the tent thing, it really, it's really odd, it's just really odd, like, I, I almost, in, in my brain, and obviously they they weren't going to think this way back in the 80s, that, you know, when the, you know, the, the fall of the slasher genre at this point is well, it, starting. It's,
0: this is the year that it all falls to shed. I mean with 89 you have Halloween 5, you have Nightmare on Elm Street 5, and you have Friday the 13th Jason Takes Manhattan. So yeah. all in one year, all in one fell swoop. Happy birthday to me because this is my birth year, 1989.
1: Well, and, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it, all, it all falls apart. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's right. All three of them that same year. That is crazy, isn't it? Wow, the whole genre hits like a critical mass. So, like, in a sense, you almost want to forgive Halloween 5 because it's like, oh, well, you were just part of the trend. That's okay. But, well, I, like, I also
0: I, feel bad, too, because, like we mentioned last week, Halloween kind of cut, uh, you know... It start late in the game in terms of these franchise films because we had the first two and that was the early eighties. Right. And we don't see Michael Myers again until 1988. And one year later, slashers are, are over basically.
1: Yeah. They really, they really slept on it. And I, I, I just think in today's environment that you wouldn't have Michael Myers in a, you know, living in a hobo tent. You'd have him some explanation that like he's out in the woods He's like eating raw animals and stuff like that. You know, like he'd be out feral waiting for the time to come back. Yeah, he, uh, for whatever he'd, uh, reason.
0: He'd switch places with a paramedic and he'd be out in the woods eating whatever. Right. <laughs>
1: right. <And laughs>
0: Wait till we get to that film.
1: Yeah. But we also have our first exposure to this movie's mask. And yeah, masks but, are a thing in the Halloween series. I,
0: I'm gonna say like it's supposed to be the same one from four, and I'm like the dynamite must have melted it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look right, does it?
0: No, it although really I doesn't. will say like as as wrong as it looks, and believe me, it does look wrong. I I slightly prefer this one to the fourth one, but that's really it, well. I don't know. There's something about that fourth one where the the white just seems like too white. It feels so, like it's been painted.
1: Okay. No. Okay. So no, I, I see what you're saying with that. What, what you're basically saying is that, like this mask at least is a little bit dirty. It seems to have a little bit of wear and tear on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it. Someone out, someone described it for me the other day and I, I wish I could remember what they said, but it, it just looks, the, the one in four just looks so strange. Um, it does. And No, it does. This, it looks almost day glow. Yeah, and not that this one looks better, but at the same time, the, the material, of, I, I, the material of the mass doesn't look so flimsy. And mm-hmm. uh, that said, it's not good. I'm just saying, I like. I prefer it, it's slightly more intimidating.
1: But but it really is, especially going back and and rewatching four and now rewatching five and everything. It's bizarre. Uh you know why? Why is it? so hard for them to get the mask right
0: and it's something that they don't really solve until i mean the mask next week I, I will say in six it doesn't look bad um but they really don't get the mask looking close to the original again until of all things rob zombies remake actually it looks pretty good and it does then, and then in this new one finally 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 they made something that looks like the shatner mask
1: Yeah, I just don't, I I mean, do you think it's just a victim of just budgetary concerns that they just, because by this point, Michael Myers mask is a thing you can get for your Halloween costume. I should know because I had one and I, and I scared the hell out of one of my cousins one time. If I've told this story before, I apologize. I'll tell a fast version of it. I used to use the mask to scare him. I would stand in a doorway wearing the mask and, of course, it backfired on me because I could never have the mask laying out because I would be paralyzed with fear. So I always had it, you know, shoved in the back upper corner of a closet when I wasn't wearing it or something. And there was one time I was over at his house and I forgot the mask. I would taken the mask with me to scare him and I forgot it. And his mom had, like, hung it on the back of his chair <laughs> and he woke up and the Michael Myers mask was, like, right in his face because it was it was his desk chair by his Jeez. bed he he blamed me cuz i had forgotten it and he, his mom just didn't realize how how much it could scare you i mean but you yeah. know i i mean that mask that i had looked more like the original halloween like it was a don post studios mask it and it, gosh if i recall correctly it cost me about 40 bucks and that looked more like the original mask, than the one in either 4 or five. 5. Yep. And that that's what I don't... You could go down and buy the damn mask. Why was this so hard?
0: Probably the Akaz didn't want to spend money.
1: I i guess, but it just doesn't... I don't know. I, I, I just... I can't wrap my head around it.
0: I don't know. Like I said, I don't think they, they ever get it right again until, like I said, of all things, the goddamn Romp Zombie remake, which we'll talk about how much... We love that film, but at least the mask looks good. Yes, and yes. and finally, when they came out with the poster for this new one, it's like finally, Jesus, we we figured out how to make a credible looking mask again.
1: Yeah, and they did actually a really great job because I think that they also took the initiative with this new mask uh, based on what we've seen of making it look like. You know, the way that uh, a rubber mask is going to age over time. Not to, not to mention to, you know, like stuff.
0: extreme attention to detail. I know, I don't think you, you may not have noticed this, John, just real quick sidebar. In this new trailer for, the, for Halloween 2018, there's one point where Michael Myers turns his head and he still has the hole in his mask from when Laurie stabs him in the neck with a knitting needle. I caught that on like freeze frame.
1: I did not see that. That's I'm going to go back and rewatch that trailer now, but only when it's broad daylight, because I can only watch that trailer during the daytime. But in, like, in that's the
0: kind of attention to detail that I love.
1: Yeah, no, that I, my heart warms at that thought, actually. And what's what's funniest to me is we've talked about the beginning of this film up to this point and the mask. I, I don't know. Maybe we should cop to a subconscious desire not to cover the rest of the film <laughs> because yeah, I mean, that's, it's that's, it's pretty awful.
0: It's pretty awful. There are some things I do like. I mean, if we want to move into the rest of the film. Sure. Uh, so we pick up with Jamie a year later. She's in this children's clinic having after the, the really cool ending of Halloween 4, which, you know, we, mm-hmm. we both had our problems with Halloween 4, but we both agreed that the ending was awesome. Yep. Um, too bad they don't go anywhere with it. <laughs> um, yes. It's, so instead, she's not the new shape. She and Michael have some sort of psychic connection. And, yeah. And, and she's mute for the yes. first like half of this film. That being said, though, I will say that of all the crap that's in this film, Danielle Harris still manages to do a good job. I never have a problem mm-hmm. with her in either four or five.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um She does do a fine job, especially... In, fa-
0: in fact, if she wasn't here, I probably couldn't stand this movie at all.
1: Yeah, and, and for a child actress to play a character who is mute and still do a good enough job that you are invested in her character despite everything that's going on and going wrong with this film... um is a testament to her it absolutely is she is she is a standout and what's but what's truly you know a standout as well is i'll never take anything away from any of the guy's performances but um donald pleasance you really can tell age is becoming a factor for him at this point yeah and like
0: all of a sudden like loomis goes off the deep end in this film i mean right
1: he goes nuts He just he just goes and I don't know if they were trying to go for something that we're supposed to think got there subtly. But Loomis has always been a a little bit unbalanced. Yeah, he's he's, always
0: been eccentric, but he's wacko in this film.
1: Yeah. And he's he also seems strangely. I I guess they could justify it, you know, bloodthirsty in a sense. But they the, the problem is they don't get there in steps. Right. Like there's. The switch from four to five, if they had so much as a scene about him having a nervous breakdown, like he had finally, you know, had, or we have a well, scene with him where he's in therapy. Like the,
0: and it could have been so easy, too. I mean, I wish they would have explained, like, the ending of four when he does have a nervous breakdown. That that just broke him. You know, right. It, that's so easy to write. Right. It would explain and why he, he basically manhandles Jamie throughout this whole film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he do, he does, and he. It, it is it is something where I just wrestle with it because, Pleasance, even in this role, he's trying. He is. He he's not mailing it in. He's actually trying, and the unfortunate thing is, you look at it in retrospect, and this guy was, you know, he's the most memorable Blofeld. In the James Bond series, for Pete's sake, and you watch Halloween 5 and you just think to yourself, oh, man, you know, there's no there's no sort of like uh, Alec Guinness upswing at the tail end of the career. You know, Alec Guinness was going through a dry spell up until Star Wars. And then, boom, he's Sir Alec Guinness. Right. And it feels like Pleasance, his trajectory didn't get that upswing at the end. like. It feels like he's in a spot now where the, he is better than this material, Oh yeah, but he's not getting any other jobs.
0: You yeah, know? I mean, and but like you said, I mean, it's so many actors at this point would just be doing this for the paycheck. And as weird as Loomis is in this film, I never think that Pleasance is not committed because he, right. he's trying to act his ass off with this weird material.
1: Right. He it, it seems as if he as an actor has in his head why Loomis is this way, but the script never gives us that reason that's in there.
0: Right. And I know he was particularly unhappy with this script, too. So, I mean, kudos to him for being ever the professional and, and right. giving it the old college try. But, yes.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, but speaking of the college try, one of the things I really have a problem with with this with this film is and like four has its problems. I'm not crazy in love with four, but on the most part, it's shot fairly competently. I think that there is a decided slide down the scale in terms of how this film is photographed. Mm-hmm. The lighting is all wrong. The shots are just Set up very Bizarre. messily Yeah and, and it it Feels not feels I, I don't Want to say feels it looks Very much like a TV Production
0: yes it does
1: And that always gets Under my skin especially The looks, scenes when we finally get to the a, farm More
0: of a TV production than Something like even a Film that I like like H2O does H2O does look like something that was shot For the WB network at the time but at least That <laughs> film looks better than this
1: well, and the thing is, the WB, you know, they were still shooting on film. This actually feels like it looks like it was shot on video it yeah. is is the biggest problem. that there is just something all sorts of wrong with the way this movie looks. And like it just reinforces that, you know, for instance, we get the two idiot cops oh, as, god. as I hesitate to use the term air quotes comic relief. Well, you, well, can't you tell
0: they're the comic relief, John, because they have the whistle music behind them for some bizarre reason that that totally belongs in a Halloween movie.
1: Oh, it totally belongs in any slasher film or anything like that to make sure that the, uh, the audience sure that, feels. To make sure
0: we know that they're idiots.
1: Yeah, or, or, or to make sure that we feel tension. Nothing communicates tension like a slide whistle. That uh, that definitely communicates that you're in a serious, tense situation.
0: What was the thinking behind this? I mean, I, I try to read all the behind-the-scenes material, but I could not come up with a, with a reasonable explanation for this choice. And it comes after a scene that's actually pretty tense, because, you know, at the beginning of this film, we pick up with, like I was saying with Jamie, but we also still pick up at the very beginning... With Rachel and Rachel was Mm -hmm. a character that at least I liked. I think you 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 were okay with her last time too. She was yeah a a nice stand-in. She she got the job done. She was you know for a new Laurie Strode she did pretty well. And at the beginning of this film, when she's being stalked around her house, it's actually not the worst thing. Not the worst stalking sequence I've seen in a Halloween film. But yeah. then she runs outside. She calls the cops, and then immediately, whatever tension was set up was broken by those two idiots and their music.
1: I I will I will go ahead and say it that this is the one Halloween movie that feels the most like a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yes,
0: that, and that's the big that's the biggest issue I have because yeah, I mean, right after the whole thing with the cops come in, and we've already discussed how much we hated that. Five minutes later, I don't know if Ellie Cornell pissed somebody off, but we say <laughs> bye bye to Rachel. Yeah, and what a useless way possible. But I, you know, I could forgive that. It's you know, you could do the shock value of the survivor; the last one gets killed early on. But you know, you would hope that they would replace her with some people that are interesting. And God, the the human cast, aside from Jamie, in this film is what I have the biggest problem with.
1: I, I I hesitate to call them a cast. I I honestly think, you know, as we're discussing, it looks like a TV production. The writing is on par with Friday the Thirteenth Part Three and the comical hippies, uh, pot smokers that they have. <laughs> Those
0: in characters were better than half of the people in this film.
1: And that's that's the thing where I would almost love to uh, corner the the director at some point if it were at all possible and say, you were doing this as a parody, weren't you? This was supposed to be a gag.
0: And this was, we talked about this last time too, John. This is for me what always separated Halloween from those other two franchises is that as as off the rails as some of them could be, especially when we got to like four, the humans were always consistently good. And we Like we talked about this last time, there are always people that you root for, whether it's right. Laurie Strode, whether it's Jamie Lloyd, or whether it's Rachel Carruthers. I could all I cared about what happened to them. I mean, in this one, like I said, aside from Jamie, who thank God is still alive, I don't care about a single one of these new people. Uh,
1: I because they're such they are such stock slasher uh, characters. I agree. Well, they're stock uh, slasher. They're,
0: I, the rest of them are stock slasher characters. And let's let's just talk about the elephant in the room. They're stock slasher characters, and then Rachel dies, and we get replaced with Tina. Tina Williams. I don't
1: want to talk about Tina.
0: We have to. I, I really, She's the main focus of this film.
1: I don't want to talk about Tina, though. I really don't want to talk. But yeah, <laughs> Tina. Yeah, I. But to your point, it doesn't make any sense. Why? Why would you do it if you had the origi- You know, if you had Rachel back, why wouldn't you just keep that thread? Why? Why wouldn't you have the consistency? Why wouldn't you have? There is a a seeming rush in this movie. I almost wonder if it's something where, uh, the, uh, it's Dominique Girard, uh, uh, something, but I, I almost wonder if this director wanted to put their own stamp on it so bad. They wanted to do, oh, this is my Halloween movie. And that is, maybe that's what goes wrong. Maybe, Maybe there was a desire to just bring in a... Di- but but there's such a basic... I think that Tina is the clearest communication from the director, from the script, from everybody... That they've lost the idea of what a Halloween movie is supposed to be. What set it apart?
0: Yeah, I mean... Aside from the fact that it's one of the most annoying characters in the whole franchise... Until we get to part eight... Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I just don't understand why there was this I, other than shock value to get rid of Rachel so quickly because I mean she was a major character last time and she's maybe in 15 minutes of this movie and I would say for shock value but it doesn't shock anyone besides us. Jamie doesn't even know that she's missing until she discovers her body 10 minutes before the film is over.
1: Right. Right. It
0: would have been, di- been different if there was this whole like Rachel is missing. Where's Rachel throughout this whole film? But no one, no one notices well, right. that she's gone.
1: It, well, if it, if it was like the the call to action, right? Rachel's. We got to find her, and then it's like a whole thing, and they go through they, and I think that also is uh, an indication of the the inability to build tension. Is you know what you're tapping into there? If they're looking for her through the film. You don't even need a big body count or the party at the farm or the two cops. If you have this character driven small piece, that's all tension. Michael's out there you know, it's almost like um, in a sense and, and it's in my brain because I just saw the predator, but it's almost like the original predator where the monsters out there, but we can't quite find him. And he keeps picking people off and we're looking for our missing friend, you know, like the, you have a real, and you're already in the woods. So why not have like you 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 could have saved money while making a more interesting film uh instead we get Tina we get the party at the farm which is just I the, I I really the party at the farm is so god awful bad it's so ridiculously Awful and out of place. And it's something that they come back to, of course, in Halloween 6, where that this whole, well, well we're going to party. Who cares if there's a mass murderer? Does anybody in this town have any parents who can exercise any authority over their lives at no, except any point for
0: like except for like sheriffs you know right the sheriff last last one with the daughter and then of course sheriff bracket with annie we never see any parents okay we see we i take it back we see the Carruthers in the in the last film but even right. they are missing for most of it and they're they're nowhere to be seen here i guess the so once, you know I, Maybe that's understandable. Once you stab the mother, they don't want anything to do with you. But at the same time, Rachel at the beginning is like, Mom sends her love, so apparently they forgive they've forgiven that very quickly.
1: Yeah, yes. That's true. Uh I, I think that there's a I the the problem is this, right? Is we can sit here and we can we can peel apart Halloween five. And there are plenty of people who will say, oh, well, it's a slasher movie. What do you expect? But that really just, it keeps coming back to the same point that Halloween was always supposed to be
0: different. different.
1: It was supposed to be more serious. It was supposed to be more gravity, more tension, more terror. I mean, the whole thing springs from a movie that was, you know, basically constructed as an homage to Hitchcock.
0: Yeah, I dare I say, like, Halloween up until this point has always been more story and character based and it has been about the kills i mean right. the kills have gotten ramped up ever since halloween 2 but like i keep like we keep saying uh it was mostly about the story of michael myers going after his family and you know the doctor that would be it was is this van helsing that wouldn't stop chasing him yeah and it was never supposed to be. It was uh, you never. I never got those Friday the Thirteenth vibes. I mean, I watched Friday the Thirteenth and I watched you know some of the later Nightmare on Elm Streets, and I can have fun, but I acknowledge that they're not story or character driven. Halloween right. is always different, and right. I mean, and, for, I guess and, that's why when we get to H two i I'm much more forgiving because they finally go back to that. But wait, we'll talk well, about it, that
1: later. Well, it, it's it's very much it's very much also. I think. Um, Sort of like getting at why I, I've sort of had blinders on, like you know, with the, with the Saw movies and Hostel and stuff like that. It was always in my head because I was, a, and I I'm saying it's because I was a Halloween fan that I always said, "Oh no, modern horror is way different than it used to be." But going back and seeing these movies now with eyes wide open, I do realize that Halloween was just different. And it was, this genre has always been, you know, to to use the, the the common phrase, torture porn. Right. You're just waiting for the kill. You're waiting for Freddy to kill somebody gruesomely. You're waiting for Jason to show up and cut off somebody's head with a machete or stick an arrow through their throat. And it it's really kind of dispiriting, but it really calls out how Halloween has lost its way with five. And as... And the thing is, talking about five, right, I, I know I was a little bit hard on four when we were talking about it. But five really recasts that whole thing to look back on it and say, well, it's not as bad as this.
0: Right. I mean, like you said, this is the first time in the, in the whole series where I'm act. This is how you know when series jumped the shark, too, right? It's because in this one, it's the first time in any of these Halloween films that I'm actually rooting for Michael Myers to kill people.
1: Right. And it's the first time where we really, I mean, the the murder that happens during the sex scene is really the moment at which I think I just mentally completely disconnect and I'm not even scared anymore. Because it's like I, you know, you can keep it up as you know, like you said, you know, the stalking. Rachel's there, and you go, okay, well, what's going on here? Uh, I don't like Tina, but you, that
0: you, you didn't get checked out when uh, Tina's boyfriend, the Fonz, gets killed with the with the plow in his head.
1: Amazingly, <laughs> I was still trying to stick with it, but yeah. it's it's really that scene in the barn. Just really is, and and. You know, not just because it's clumsily done, poorly lit, no tension, but also because the blood looks like stage, bright red stage blood. Yeah. Like it looks, it looks like production quality I would expect from like a student film at best, mm-hmm. right? And like a, a student film that's not getting an A. Let's no. put it that way. You know, like it's it, this is the, the student film from you know the kid where C's get degrees sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, no, it's you very know.
0: very pedestrian.
1: Yeah. And just the the movie never. And I, you know, I won't lie, I'm not a fan of the way Michael moves in this. No, no, he, just because it I like the work. mask
0: more. Like it, the acting on Michael has not gotten better.
1: Well, you mean you weren't even touched by the scene where you saw a tear roll down well, his cheek? Let's let's save that for later
0: when we talk about the climax because that was. Speaking of something else that the movie's trailer and marketing lied to you about, it promised us like this is where we finally get to see Michael unmasked. Never mind that we saw him unmasked at the end of the first one. Yep, but, that's
1: that's very true. Well, but, well, that's a marketing team that doesn't understand. You know, uh, well, I mean, even though oh, you see Jason unmasked. Jason got unmasked in like every damn film.
0: Yeah, that was the that was the gimmick. Is what is he going to look like this time?
1: Right, exactly. And so I, I'd say you just see more creep over from Friday the 13th into this one.
0: Right. But where, anyway, you, you know, I mean, there's the whole, yeah, I, I was basically from the point, because I'll give this movie some credit, from the point where Rachel dies up and through the death in the barn, like you're saying, I'm checked out of this film. Yeah, I really am disgusted with the fact that it's now just a Friday the 13th sequel. I pretty much hate everyone on the screen, aside from Jamie and Loomis, as wacko as Loomis is. He's still Donald Pleasant, so I still have some sort of affection for him. Yeah. Um, but I am just so thoroughly disinterested in everything. And some of the stuff that's supposed to be tension building is just silly. Like the whole thing about it's awfully convenient that Tina's boyfriend is also named Michael so that when Michael takes his place and puts on his mask and she's (laughs) calling him Michael, it's supposed to be ironic. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: But (laughs) I'm just so checked out. I will say my interest in the film starts to come back. It never comes back to like, to where I would call this a good film. But once Jamie starts talking again, and become decides to be in the movie instead of just being at the hospital. Um, yeah. when she comes to the party and gets chased finally by the car and everything, is as, as ridiculous as it is that she's out running a car. Um, yeah. I someone a character that I care about is at least in danger again. So I'm I'm back watching it, somewhat interested, and then the highlight of the movie for me in terms of at least something tense is Jamie's whole sequence in, in the house with the, the laundry shoot and everything, which I, I think is done as, as poorly as a lot of stuff in this film is done. And it's, it's not like it's amazing, but again, it's someone in danger that I care about. And Daniel Harris is still trying.
1: Yeah. You know, you're right. I, I mean, the laundry shoot isn't, uh, isn't half bad. Um, it's just I, I think that
0: Like I said, I, it doesn't save the movie for me, but at least I, I, I come back into it a little bit when, when Jamie decides to be in it.
1: Yeah, I think I think that over time, every time I've gone back and rediscussed it or rewatched it, five just takes a more of a beating from me mentally. Yeah. Um and I, I know we keep making reference to six and saying we'll get to it, and we will get to it, uh both cuts next time, but like there's this odd sort of flip that's happened as I've gotten older where each time that I've revisited six, the producer's cut, uh, I've liked it more. And I've found more to pull from it where I'm a little bit more forgiving each time. Yeah. Whereas five, I'm less and less forgiving every time I watch it. Yeah,
0: I used to... I, I I'm very conflicted now because I watched this movie for this review and I also watched... I haven't seen the producers' cut yet. I, I watched the theatrical version of Six before for the next time's review, and I always was the of the opinion that Six was much worse than this. And in many ways, it is. But at the same time, I was more interested watching Six, even the theatrical version, than I was watching this film. And Six doesn't feel like a Halloween film. But when we get to it, it feels so bizarre. At least they went. At least that one is just like enticingly bug nuts whereas this film is just so rote
1: yes i think i think you're spot on with that that this is rote this is this is you know part of the death of the horror this this stage of the horror genre and six is where they start to at least try something radically different now six like i said six is
0: bad like this whole when we get to it the whole cult of thorn thing is
1: i'll be interested to see to discuss the producer's cut with you i really will
0: i mean i have to rewatch it again i remember liking certain aspects of it the thing is is that halloween six has it both versions i think have terrible third acts um
1: Uh, The third act in the... Well, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Come on, throwing
0: throwing down the runes to stop him is pretty lame.
1: We'll save the discussion (laughs) for next time. We'll save the discussion for next time. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, coming back to five, it's just so unsatisfying at the end in every possible way. Well,
0: because it's a big cheat, so, like, I mean... First of all, just side note, when the hell did the Michael Myers house turn from the little th- suburbia house to a gothic mansion? <laughs> number yes, one?
1: that's a good question. That's a very good question.
0: <laughs> I mean, talk about like the exact opposite of what I was talking about with Halloween 2018, the attention to detail. These people just didn't care. They wanted a bigger house to have a chase scene and that's what it was.
1: Yeah, that's that's an accurate statement. Um, uh, very, very accurate statement. They were, I, I don't, I, I, you know, coming back to it, I don't know what possessed them.
0: I mean, that's the thing is like with the mask, with the house, is like, do they think we wouldn't notice?
1: I'm guessing so. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, home video explosion doesn't really happen till mid 80s. And but I would say but this is
0: 89. I mean, blockbusters around, surely we've rewatched the original at, by from at this point.
1: I honestly I uh, th- the way I remember the era is yeah, VHS was there, but you didn't really it wasn't the same culture of repetitive viewing as it wasn't as widespread as it was for these. Now, that being said, you're absolutely right. We had our video editions, we owned our copies.
0: And plus, wasn't it like they, they would replay this is the area where this is the era where they would replay the old movies on TV all the time. So you could catch it on broadcast.
1: But the flip side of that is that I my my mindset, my argument is that horror movies were the last ones to sort of catch up to the idea that you were having rewatches and people more familiar with your series. And what I mean by that is they you used to be able to get away with these sort of set piece changeouts. You know, the the mask was different or the house looks different. It was easier to get away with that stuff before the dawn of home video. Right? Because yeah. it, it was harder for somebody to catch it. So I would say that what you're seeing here is a a transitional moment before they've pieced together that everybody can see these movies really easily. Uh you know the the ones that came before to to hold them up against it. And especially now you know like I probably know the layout of the Myers house as well as any house I grew up in. Oh, I could walk so, the ho-
0: I I could, I could walk that entire house.
1: Yeah. And so if you have something where you have a director come in and you're still in a mindset where you're not used to people with the repeat viewing coming, you know, like it just seems like it's a victim of that, of the mindset not having caught up yet. Yeah. So
0: no, you're right. And you know, admittedly I am colored on this, on this issue because like I said, 89 is the year that I was born. So a few years later I'm used to that blockbuster culture mentality where we, you know, people just go rent movies so like of course we've seen it over and over again, but no, I, I fully acknowledge that that wasn't the case. It's just so bizarre that uh, the Myers house turned from that house into this one. It's just something that I can't get over as an aesthetic choice.
1: Well, I mean, just within the within the own series, though, right? Is it would have been easy for them to sort of like mix it up for Halloween too, but they don't. Right. You know, and, but, like but
0: the thing is is. It just goes against the nature of the films, too, because this is supposed to be suburbia. This does not look like a suburban house.
1: Very true. (laughs) You know, if any, if you wanted to be forgiving, and actually the whole, you know, to speak to that point, you know, you got the farm and the party and all of that stuff. If anything, the nature of Haddonfield has gone from, as you point out, suburbia. This feels more like a... uh, you know an exurbs sort of place Mm -hmm. where you could find a house like that or you know within arguable walking distance of a farm and so like haddonfield is supposed to feel like a small little midwestern community uh you know put together as opposed to something you would find in like pennsylvania yeah you know where you you have these big things
0: I'll give it credit. At least it's not White Trashville yet until the Rob Zombie films. Um,
1: Well, Zombie is, of course, you know, his worldview creeps in to his, uh, his remakes for sure. Yeah,
0: I just love how all of a sudden, though, like, the entire Midwest is now a meth lab in those films. Well,
1: argue, arguably, you could say that there are sections of the Midwest that have struggled with uh, with that as yes, well. Yes, I know. So. I just like every
0: person in that town in those films is despicable. Though.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we'll get to that. You, you know, maybe Halloween Five we could view as a precursor of the idea of, although on zombies' part, it's very intentional. It's unintentional here that we're now rooting for people well maybe it's intentional because it's it's a knockoff sort of thing but this is the this before zombies movies is the oddity of encountering right. characters that you don't care about well or that you don't mind getting you know just offed.
0: Well, let's it, it this isn't the only oddity we still got resurrection to deal with before we get there
1: uh that one doesn't even count in my brain it, but that, that one that one much, is the ultimate anomaly
0: as much as i try to like repress that out of memory it still exists uh, um, that
1: is true. That is true. But yeah,
0: but yeah, like we were saying earlier. Sorry that we w- went off on some tangent. But this whole ending is such a cheat because okay, <laughs> it t- speaking of unintentionally funny, the sight of however however old he was, Donald Pleasant's beating Michael Myers with a two by four.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, yes. When you can funny, actually. And you can actually tell that he's having physical trouble, yeah, uh, with the choreography of the scene, which is unfortunate. And like, seems like I'm making a cheap joke at his age or no, something. And I'm it's not. It's like no. I, it's I asking your actor to do something they can't really do.
0: I don't want to make fun of Donald Pleasance. I really don't. But this yeah. whole this whole scene with him beating him with a two by four and saying "die, die, die" is is hilarious. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is, and then it sets up the...
0: The cheat ending that I keep referring to.
1: Okay, so point-blank question. Worst ending of the series?
0: Uh, No, I I don't think so, only because it does set up some kind of mystery that I'm mildly interested to see what happens. Worst ending of the series is either got to be Halloween Resurrection, which is just a cheap jump scare... Or Rob Zombies Halloween 2, which we'll talk about when we get there.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about well, you know what? I, I set I to be fair, I set Zombies movies sort of like on their own timeline. It's almost like the Kelvin timeline for Star Trek. I'm like, this is original Star Trek timeline and like Zombies is like Kelvin timeline, so I they're in their own little bubble. Okay, well, off to the we, side.
0: If we take that out, then the, the cheap jump scare that ends Resurrection is more lame than this, but this is pretty lame.
1: Yeah. It's, well, I, I think that the cheap jump scare with Resurrection doesn't come as a surprise given the, the quality of that entire True. Uh, exercise. Whereas this, again, to speak to the way it's photographed, I mean, the jail set looks... I mean it looks worse than a... tell. It looks like an old like Doctor Who BBC 1970s set. Right. Where it's like did you what did you guys like put this together in a day or something? Like I I I I'm not in any way attacking anybody's skill set, right? These people are professionals, they know what they're doing. People are at different stages in their career, but it's very obvious from this that whoever they got to work together, like I'd love to have been on the set. Was the director arguing with the DP? Was the DP just like, ah, screw it. I'm here. I'm for, um, you know, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like it was pro bono work where it's like, all right, I got to be here. I got to you know, I, I got to do my union stuff here. So uh, yeah, just turn the camera on. Whatever, guys, I don't care. Like I, I would love to have been on the set to get the vibe of what was going on because so much of this, feels like uh, I mean honestly a a crew that did not support the director or vice versa or everybody just didn't care. You know
0: what this is John is is that this came out less than a year after 4 this is rushed. This is a prime example of why you don't make these films year after year. Friday the 13th could get away with it because it was always kind of cheap and gimmicky to begin with when you try to do that with a story based more like we were talking about with Halloween it suffers and they, they you know I watched a documentary on the making of 4 5 and 6 and they all admit the actors and the and the the arcades and everything they went into production on this almost immediately after 4 came out and they didn't even have a script yet
1: yeah well it definitely shows <laughs> that's for sure so in, in but in essence Halloween 5 because we have to wait so long as we're you know, as we're wrapping up, we have to wait so long for six. This essentially kills a franchise that just got rebooted the year before.
0: before. They jump good. right in and then kill it. They're very good at doing that because it happens yeah. with, with five, it happens again with resurrection, because that got you know, H2O, like it or or dislike it, did reboot the franchise again and give it yep. new life, and then they kill it off with resurrection. And as much as they didn't like you know, the zombie films, that first one did give it some sort of vitality, and then that quickly got killed off with Halloween 2. So they're really so I, good about this.
1: I, I guess we're, we're both glad that it seems that 2018 is being treated as a one-shot. You I know, for, so.
0: We'll see what happens. I mean... Yeah. Uh,
1: the, yeah. You, you, it'll depend on how successful it is, I guess. And but, I think
0: it'll be very successful. But at least with this one, as opposed to some of the other ones, I feel like they're in the hands of filmmakers and writers who actually care which is oh, something yeah. that I can't say about this film in particular.
1: <laughs> but what I can say, and I, I definitely will underline, and this is a theme we keep coming back to, and that I I keep coming back to is, I uh, I, was, I think I I was thinking about this when I was talking with Craig some time back or something. But like Halloween Five, the Halloween series, horror in general, you know, you're a horror fan, I'm a horror fan. I do sincerely believe that other franchise fans have something to learn from how uh, horror fans approach their franchises. Yeah. We can sit here and curb stomp Halloween 5, but I'm still a Halloween fan. Yeah. I don't, I'm not in any way attacking or besmirching anybody in it. I'm just being honest with my opinion. You are too. And we're still fans. And it's not. it's not a negativity or positivity contest. It is honesty and we still love it and we're still going to come back to it and I'm sure I'm going to rewatch Halloween 5 again at some point in oh, the yeah, future. Oh yeah,
0: this won't be the last time I watch this film. Right. I mean, cuz I'll even be honest with you, I'll watch Halloween 5 10 more times before I, you know, rewatch Halloween Resurrection. It's this is not right. the worst of the series.
1: Right. Exactly. But we remain fans, we remain civil and we can all Disagree. There's got to be somebody out there who loves Halloween Five. God yeah. bless them. You know, yeah, I mean, that's I, cool.
0: Everybody, everybody has different tastes, but this film yeah. is just—it's so blah. <laughs> which is I, why, which is why I mean, I'm more excited to talk about Halloween Six, even though I I really have problems with that film because at least that film is like a fascinating failure. This isn't even that fascinating. <laughs>
1: I I would say that Halloween Five ranks uh, as one of those types of movies where if somebody said, "Oh, I don't like to watch horror movies, they scare me," I'd show them this as yeah, like this the way to sort scary. of like, yeah, like ease you either, into the but... yeah, but but it'll ease you into the waters. It'll teach you there's nothing to be afraid of, right. and you know sort of like get you out there swimming uh, with the better stuff, as it were. Um, But if uh, people want to debate with you, uh, questions of taste in horror films, where can they find you?
0: They can find me at M. Hansen, 0207, H-A-N-S-E-N, talking about all things Halloween. It's going to be interesting next month because I'm already planning um, to go to see the new movie in theaters with a bunch of law school friends. But there are some people among this group that I'm going with who haven't seen the original Halloween. So I'm hosting a little party, but the week before the new one comes out to show them the original Halloween. So it's going to be a fun month. October. That's
1: awesome. That is fantastically awesome. And of course, if you want to find me, I am Kessel junkie K E S S E L J U N K I E on Twitter and other social media places of interest and you can uh, also find me here on the network co-hosting aggressive negotiations a star wars podcast with uh, matthew rushing and floating out there in the breeze on words with nerds with my pal craig so until next time remember you can't kill the boogeyman and
0: get the shrooms ready for part six
1: (laughs) that's going to be an interesting conversation for sure